0: Episode number 216, you're entering the solo round Q&A with me, Lewis Howes. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, back to the Q&A round. I'm very excited about this. Uh, Posted out earlier today, we had close to 50 incredible questions come back in. I keep getting requests to do more Q&As to really get behind and inside the mind of what I've been doing uh, my entire life in the sports world and how I've been applying it to the business world and all that other good stuff. So I'm glad that you guys want to hear from me because um, it's fun to share from time to time all the things that I'm working on. And I'm going to go from top to bottom because I see a ton of great questions that came in. I want to make sure I reward the people that were fast action takers and left uh, their questions first. Now, let's go ahead and dive in with the first question today. It's from New York Times best-selling author, the one and only Chris Rogan, who's been a huge inspiration for me. He said, when you move from one level of success to another, you have to meet and mingle with Higher level people than you were previously hanging out with before? How do you earn their inclusion into that next level? You know, a couple of people replied to that question that Chris said and said that's a really good one and that it is a great one. I think it's all about how you position yourself in the world and also on the online world, but also in the offline world. So that means your presence online, but also your presence in person. And that has a lot to do with body language that has a lot to do with your brand. If you want to hire up, if you want to get to the next level online, it takes a number of factors. It doesn't happen by accident. It's by creating incredible content, being resourceful, being valuable, but also a lot of it has to do with your brand. If you have a horrible looking brand, people at the next level aren't going to respect you and trust you as much. So you want to make sure you continue to up your game on all levels so that people at the next level will embrace you at that level. And when I'm talking about also your presence, I'm talking about the confidence and the humility that you bring to conversations. So when you're going to events and you get included in maybe – Behind the scenes, a private dinner, and you get included, someone invites you that you know in that circle, and they invite you, that's the chance that you have to make an impression with your presence at that level. When you get these moments, you've really got to be so humble and add value to people. It's not the time to ask them to support you. It's not the time to ask them for help. It's not the time to brag about what you're up to. It's the time for you to be present. It's the time for you to ask incredibly wise and open questions for people. And it's a time for you to listen. Most importantly, it's a time for you to shut your mouth and listen and be an open vessel to hearing what people on that level have to say. When you are willing to remove your ego from any situation and trying to prove that you are worthy of being at their level, and instead you ask opening questions about what excites them, what they're passionate about, how they got to where they are, you ask those type of questions and then you you close your mouth and you allow them to share and communicate with you, they're going to feel like you care and because of that level of caring is going to automatically want them to be around you more often and trust you and like you more. It goes back to um, how to win friends and influence people type of content, right? It's really about adding value to people, not trying to one-up them, but coming from a place of gratitude, but also holding yourself with great presence. So, Chris, hopefully that answers the question. I think that's a great question to start off, and I really appreciate you you sharing that. Um, and hopefully that answers the question, Chris. The next one is from Adam Sadiq, who says, if you interviewed yourself from the future of five years from now on the School of Greatness podcast, what three to five questions would you ask yourself? Interesting. Okay. If I interviewed myself uh, five years from now, what would I ask myself? Wow. Okay. That's interesting because I haven't even thought about that. What would I be asking myself five years from now? I'd probably be asking myself, are you staying on path with your vision? What have you been avoiding over the last five years that's been holding you back from your vision? And are you being a good human being and doing the best you can? That's what I would ask myself. Rohan. Chowbei, I think it's Chao or Che Bay says, Lewis, your story about how you got into entrepreneurship has deeply inspired me. Here's my question for you. What advice would you give young and inexperienced entrepreneurs? That's a tough question to answer because I would need to know first, what is your vision? What's your goal? What do you want to achieve? And then why do you want to achieve those things? So that's a, a it's a harder question to answer without knowing exactly what you want. But what I would say is this for any young and inexperienced entrepreneurs that it's important to find a mentor or a number of mentors. And it's, it's, it's great that Chris Brogan asked a question because early on, he was the guy that I leaned on a lot. And he is just a wise human being that I would constantly reach out to or just follow his information online, follow his blog, and I would get the mentorship I needed from the content he was putting out there. So I would say that, you know, Someone said that learners are earners, so the more you 're constantly learning and growing and and developing new skills as yourself you 're going to add more value to the world, and that value is going to be able to you're going you you're going to be able to tap into that value and cash in on that value in your business once you start. Gaining those skills. So, I would say find mentors, and that can be virtual mentors that you don't actually talk to, but find mentors that can give you information online that could be podcasts or videos or blogs or courses, coaches, and continue to learn and grow and develop new skills. Then, I would say focus on relationships because the key to success in life is relationships. And the key to successful relationships is vulnerability, is intimacy, is connection, is adding value to other people and giving and giving and giving. So that's what I would say is build a foundation on relationships and developing skills and value for yourself. Here we go. Next question. Tom Wright said, how did you carry on at the points where things just felt like they'd never progress? Those times when it felt like everything is against you. Uh, your podcast has always helped and inspired me, but there are times where I feel like I'm not doing enough or there's too much to do, even when I feel like I'm doing everything possible to achieve I want, and sometimes it can feel like a million miles away. So Tom Wright asks, how do you carry on at the points where you just feel like they'd never progress or like everything is against you? Tom, it's a great question, and I think there have been many stages in my life, specifically in my entrepreneurial journey over the last seven plus years now, where I felt like things weren't progressing. I remember a year and a half in, I was working with uh, an early mentor of mine, uh, also another Chris, his name's Chris Hawker. And for about a year and a half, I was working with him, maybe it was close to a year and a half. And I remember saying, you know, I'm so sick and tired of being broke. And I could really use some income right now. I think I was making like 500 bucks a month with him as an intern. And I was like, man, I really want to make more money. And he said, you know, money will come to you when you're ready for it. And at the moment I was like, you know, I'm really ready to make some money. And you know, I'm pretty broke. I feel ready for this. (laughs) And he was like, you know, money will come to you when you're ready for it. And it didn't resonate with me right then. But over the next few weeks, I really started to understand that, you know, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't have enough Skills or value or, or knowledge at the time yet to really convert that information into selling or creating courses and programs or coaching or or, or doing whatever I was doing to make money i didn 't have enough value yet. so what I would say is, if things aren't going against you, is to breathe, and if things aren't working well for you is to breathe and think about what is my vision, what do I want to achieve and why? You know in my book, the School of greatness i've got the first chapter is all about discovering a powerful vision for yourself, and I've got these key exercises that helps you unlock and discover your vision and really get clear on what you want and why and then it shows you how to stay committed to that vision ongoing during the adversity during the hard times it seems like it's holding you back and you're not getting anywhere. So what I would say is recommit to your vision if you already have one if you don't have one yet. Find that vision, discover it. And again, in my book, I show you how to do that. And then find mentors and inspiring people who are at that next level. Like Chris Brogan said, you've got to continue to surround yourself with people at the next level. They will bring you up to that level. It will force you to move to that next level because you'll gain the insights. You'll create the partnerships to build your business at that next level. So hopefully, Tom, that helps you. But always remember to breathe. And take a moment to recognize how far you've actually come, as opposed to the lack of where you're not at yet. Matt Bailey says I've heard a number of guests briefly mention they're flushing nervous systems with a daily ice bath. Have you taken the plunge yourself in making uh, in the ice bath? And what are your thoughts? Trying to do a little research before I commit to chilly mornings. Thanks, Lewis. That's a great question, Matt. I do do some ice baths. I used to do ice baths a lot in uh, when I played football. I would do it after every practice, and it was the best thing ever. Now I I do ice baths uh, less, more and more now. When I was playing with the uh, USA national team on a regular basis, uh, for Team Handball, I would when they had the when I was at the facility, I would take the ice baths after practice because for me, I know the power of recharging your body, and the ice bath for me is the best way to do it. Um, I just don't, you know, buy a bunch of ice bags right now and do it in my tub. Although I'd probably do it, you know, once every month if I had access to that or if I just made a point. But I do do cold showers in the morning and at night and after workouts, and I find it uh, it helps recharge me. Uh, significantly. So I highly recommend it if you're training hard and uh, you want to recover. James two says, how do you deal with burnout and keep your focus on the prize? It's a great question, James, (sighs) and I'll take it back to vision. Again, everything stems from vision. For me, you, you don't burn out when you have a powerful vision. And when you have a powerful vision, and you do burn out, it's because you've put too much on your plate and you haven't delegated enough to other people. You know, when I was just starting out, I was working 12, 13 hour days up till 4am every night, you know, scheduling and doing webinars and just hustling because I wanted to make money. And I gained about 3540 pounds. And I was burnt out. I remember just feeling like I'm exhausted. And the reason why I was exhausted is because I was trying to do it all myself. I was trying to because I felt like no one could do it like me. And the thing is, no one can do it like you, but they can do it their way. And their way is usually just as good, if not better, because it frees up your time so that you don't burn out. So what I would say, James, if you're feeling overwhelmed, is start writing down processes for all the things you do and start eliminating the things that you, you don't need to do. So if that's social media, if that's email copy, if that's whatever that may be, start writing if that's customer support. Think of all the things that you don't need to be focusing on to achieve your vision that you could create uh, a process for for someone else. Uh, Chris Ducker's got a great book um, on virtual freedom. That is all about outsourcing and creating this freedom. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. I also did an interview with him. So we'll have that linked up at the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 216. We'll have that linked up there. So that's what I would say about that. Now, next question. Jessica Baumgartner, who I, I saw had bought a number of, copies of the book and pre-ordered it already. So congrats and thanks for that, Jessica. She said, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from as an entrepreneur that took you to where you are today? The biggest lesson I learned as an entrepreneur that took me where I am today. Hmm. I'm going to be controversial with the answer because this is the first thing that opened up for me. The biggest thing I learned that took me where I am today is to focus on my health. Focus on my health because without my health running at an optimal level on a daily basis, I would not have the energy, the focus, the clarity, the passion to do things at the level I do. I would not have the hustle and the drive that I have. I would be lethargic. I would be exhausted. I would be sleeping a lot more, and um, I would say that my, my, my focus on my health because I let it slip for a number of years earlier on and in my business career. And when I started to focus on it and maintain it as a lifestyle, it really just started taking things to a whole nother level because I could manage the energy and the stresses of life that came in and came out. So focusing on health. And Jessica, I know you are a big uh, proponent of focusing on your health as well. Jason Reeves says, if someone was in a place in their life as they feel they are at rock bottom... What would be the first step you would recommend to get them back on track to a purposeful life? I mean, this isn't here to be a plug for my book, but I'd honestly have them read my book because I take them through the entire process of how to get clear on what they want. And most people, when they're at rock bottom, they are there because something traumatic happened or they ran something into the ground. And they weren't able to see why what was happening. They didn't see the feedback, the constant feedback that was coming up that drove them at rock bottom. So for me, when I hit rock bottom, you know, I, was, I had an injury. And so something happened to me that caused me to not be able to fulfill my dream anymore. So I had to rediscover what it is I really wanted and get clear on my vision and why I wanted it. And I'm emphasizing this today because these are questions that are coming up. But Jason, you've got to really be clear on what you want and why you want it. And once you figure that out, once you're so clear on that, then you can start taking little baby steps to make it happen. You can start finding the coach to help you get you there. You can reverse engineer how someone else got there and follow their path. But you got to get clear on what you want first. And I would say, uh, you know, I just interviewed a, a fitness personality who had her own show on Bravo called Workout. And her name is Jackie Warner. And she said, when in doubt, work out. So what I'd say is focus on getting clear on your vision and, and focus on your health and working out. It's amazing what we create uh, when we do a great workout, when we move, when we sweat, when we stretch, when we do yoga, when we do all these things, when we run, when we hike, we create, you know, these happy endorphins that give us more clarity and, and make us feeling confident and powerful. And that builds more momentum. The more we work out, it builds this happiness, confident momentum, and that's why I recommend doing it on a daily basis. Here's another one from Joshua Badalibasi. He says, I love these. What's the most important trait or traits you look for when expanding your team, and how do you test and trial these in your hiring process? Joshua, great question. I'm still learning how to do this at a high level, and if you want to learn really how a master does this, listen to the episode with Tom Bilyeu from Quest Nutrition. And he talks about he's got over 1,200 employees, and he has an incredible interview process that he goes through on that episode. We'll have it linked up at the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 216. Here's what I'm personally looking for. I'm looking for passionate, excited people that have a lot of energy and are excited about life in general. I'm looking for people that aren't like me in a lot of ways, they have to have the passion and excitement like me. And they have to be committed to the vision that we're up to. But they have to have pretty much every other skill that I don't have. And there are a lot of things that I'm not good at. So what I'm really looking for is someone who's very detailed oriented and analytical, and um, loves to it, it depends on the position, right? It also depends on if they're a graphic designer, if they're a programmer, a project manager, customer support, all these different things. But for me, being detailed, organized, um, and also being timely with their communication. So someone who does what they say they're going to do, is timely, is committed to the vision, and who's great at working on teams. So I'm always looking for people that have experience of working with teams in the past, whether that be with sports teams or have developed their own groups or networks because it means they're organized and they're good at bringing people together and they're good at working with people. So that's what I personally look for. But I would say look at and listen to the episode with Tom Bilieu from Quest Nutrition. Gina Caras says, what's your best advice for maintaining the work-life balance? It's Seasons, Gina. Seasons is the best advice because sometimes we're going to need to ramp up and build momentum on the seasons of our life that take more energy and time than others. And other times we're going to need to have an off season where we rest and recover. You know, I go back to my football days. If I played a game every Saturday or Sunday all year round, I'd be dead right now, but the season only lasted five or six months. And then we had a six month off season. So you got to have time to recover you got to build up for the games. Then you got to build up for the playoffs, but really taking everything in seasons and making sure that you are finding daily balance, taking time for yourself every single day, whether that's your meditation practice, your workouts, your relaxation time, but every single day, you've got to make sure you're spending time for yourself and spending time that fulfills you and fills you up. So make sure to live life in seasons. But give to yourself every single day as well. Jessica Holcomb says, In life, we all have fears. How do you face your fears or overcome your weaknesses? I face my fears by literally doing that, by facing them. And, you know, I had a terrible fear of public speaking my entire life until I was about 25, 26, when I said, Enough was enough. I'm no longer. Want to be afraid of standing up in front of 10 people and being terrified and trembling and sweating and not feeling confident about myself. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to learn from the best on how to do public speaking. And I went to Toastmasters and I went every single week. I had a coach that coached me and I was terrible. The first six months I was horrible and it sucked and it was not fun and I felt worthless But I found an environment that encouraged me and that supported me and gave me great feedback. So I think you need to find environments that will support you in this. Maybe that's not possible, but you need to create that experience in an environment for yourself that say, hey, okay, I'm going to take on this fear, fear of heights, fear of public speaking, fear of looking bad, fear of failure, whatever it may be, and I'm going to create that experience. You essentially have to do the fear over and over and over again. In order to make it so comfortable and second nature for yourself. And listen, I still speak in front of thousands of people today and I get nervous before I get scared. I get worried. I don't want to mess up. I want to make sure I do a good job for people. I'm going to add value, but I'm so much more confident because I have put in the time and the energy and I've practiced and practiced and practiced and I've done, you know, a lot on my inner game to set me up to win. So that the fear doesn't control me and own me so that I can still go in there being a little nervous, but get into stride when I take on the stage. And I think that's what it takes is actually facing your fears and and being okay with not being great at it or not and not beating yourself up over it every time, but saying, okay, this is a process and I'm going to get better every day at this or every week at this because I'm going to face it and I'm going to practice it and I'm going to get better and I'm going to improve. That's how... I face my fears. Crystal Bree says, my question is, if there was a leader of the entire world who could make new laws and you were that person in charge, a world president, let's say, what three things would you change that would be put into action for everyone on earth? Wow. That's a big question and a big responsibility for me to answer. I think, Crystal, that's a great question that that we should all be thinking about, actually on how I want the world to move forward. And since I haven't had time to think about it, I'm going to share my answer for what's coming up to me right now. But this may not be my answer if I had, you know, a week of time thinking about it with advisors to really think about what we actually need in the world the most. So for the three things that come up for me right now that I would change to put any action on everyone on earth, man, I would, I would, um, Wow, I don't even know how this is. I would say that that everyone that a law is that everyone must be active every single day. Physical activity and movement. You know, that's just, this is really unrealistic. This is more just kind of a wish. But I would say everyone who is actually capable of moving, you know, obviously some people aren't who are in wheelchairs or who are not physically able to, but if you're capable of moving, that you must move your body outside every single day. Uh, for 10 minutes, I think that our health, especially in America, we have lost control of our health. And there's an obesity epidemic. And it's causing so much challenges in our communities, in our families, for our personal lives. And if we just focused on taking care of our health, so much more would be positive in the world. When we take care of self, our emotions would be better. We would treat others with more respect. There would probably be less crime. There would be less disease if we took care of our health. So I would like to make a law where people focused on their health. Uh, The second thing is, I would have a law be, man, I don't even know what these laws would be. I I would say that I would want people to focus also on their emotional intelligence. Again, the inner world that we live in controls so much of our outer worlds and controls so much of what happens to us and for us in the future. And it sets us up for failure or success. So, I would, again, it's not really a law, but I would say I would want you know, a curriculum where everyone was to practice and study emotional intelligence and really understand their emotions and the other emotions of people so that we could be better human beings, that we could connect better, that we could relate to one another better, that there wouldn't be so much road rage or anger or resentment because that's what holds a lot of us back from the next level. And the third action, third law, man this is challenging me the third law would be um the third law the third law would be that people are required to take a course on how to chase their dreams and there would be courses that they would go through growing up in, in, in school, not on remembering math and social studies and histories, but a courses, course or courses or curriculum on that everyone would have to take on all the different ways to chase and achieve your dreams and how to dream big and how to tackle any challenges or any questions in the world. That's what I would want everyone to go through because I feel like if we could all have a framework and curriculum on how to chase our dreams, and it looks different for everyone, it would just make life more fun. So that's what will be my third law. Thanks, Crystal, for making me uh, think challenging about that. Okay. Courtney Cox says, what's the biggest current pain point in your business, and what are you actively, actively doing to tackle it? Great question, man. You guys are awesome. Biggest challenge in my business, I would say, hmm, scaling me. I would say scaling me, because right now I've got so many ideas. It's like the paradox of choice and possibilities. You know, when I was younger and broke, I feel like I didn't have any options or opportunities to make money. Now I feel like it's almost too many opportunities to make money and scale and build and too many course ideas and product ideas and platforms and, and books and all these different things. It's like my head has so many ideas and I feel like they're all worthy of creation, but I can't create them all on my own fast enough. And my team is only able to create so much on their own and I've got 18 players. So it's It's figuring out how do I scale my business without having to work harder and work more hours, but really empowering more people on my team and bringing it on while also managing the flow of the hiring and the growing and the scaling. You know, I was kind of doing it on my own for so long, and as I continue to grow and create these programs and books and the podcast, as as the community grows, I want to serve my community in powerful, big ways, and I want to do the community justice. I want to give them great content. I want to make sure it's at a high level uh, with purpose and integrity and and great value. So that's the biggest challenge I would say right now. What am I doing actively to tackle it? Uh, That's a great question. I'm probably not doing enough, to be honest. And I'm, I'm seeking people who have already done it. You know, it goes back to the question with Chris Brogan of how do you level up, and connect with people at that next level. I'm finding people who have sold companies for eight hundred million dollars and asking them these questions. I'm asking them, what did they do when they started out with one employee, ten employee, fifty employees? How did they do it? How were they able to ba- balance it and Get all their ideas out there and make it a high level quality. So that's what I'm doing. But um, happy for any feedback as well or support if you have any. So thanks for the uh, the question, Courtney. Liz McHutchin says, "With everything that you do and are doing, what brings you the most joy, even with all the hard work?" Oh, there's so many things that bring me joy. There is one thing that. That came to my mind right when you said that because I think it's been happening lately. The thing that brings me the most joy is when, I, when I'm when i walking around in the streets or in an airport or traveling in a different city, and someone looks at me and takes a double take and then says, wow, Lewis Howes, I listened to the, the School of Greatness podcast. I love your work, and here's what it's done for me. Gosh, that just fills me up with so much joy. It makes me want to hug them and pick them up, and it just... It means so much to me when other people listen to these episodes because I work so hard at producing and spending the money to create these episodes and scheduling. It's just like it's, uh, you know, and finding quality guests. You know, I'm very specific with who I bring on. I I don't just bring anyone on. I'm very specific. And it's like like everyone who uh, listens is part of my family. I want to make sure that they're getting the best information possible and and I don't want to introduce them to anyone who I don't feel like is is ready for my community. So it means a lot to me when people say hi to me and when they uh, tell me what the podcast or what my content or my information or and now my book has done for their life. I love to hear about results and growth in other people. That brings me so much joy, so much pleasure, so much fulfillment. Um Something else that brings me fulfillment and joy is taking an idea to reality and and seeing my dreams come true. You know, I've got big dreams all the time, and I just bust my ass. I mean, I work my face off to make them come true. And to see a vision take 15 years, five years, seven years, and to see it come full circle, it shows me that anything is possible. And that just brings so much joy to me. Thank you for that question, Liz. Tracy Hulick says, Lewis, you clearly impact and influence an incredible amount of people through your work and your message. Do you have a story of an instance where you realized how powerful your influence was on someone or a situation? I can only imagine that's happened countless times for you, but is there one that stands out in your memory? Well, that's perfect because it, it goes right into my last, the last answer that I just had from... Um, Liz. So thanks for asking that, Tracy. I would say that there's a friend of mine on my New York City handball team who, you know, again, I get lots of emails constantly from people. And that brings me a lot of joy also from people who have changed their business and their life and their relationships. There's two instances that just popped up to me. One was a friend of mine who uh, on my handball team, I mean, this guy was a smoker, probably, I don't know. 285, 300 pounds, somewhere around there, shorter guy, about 5'10", probably around 300 pounds, and just struggled on the handball court. I mean, he couldn't even run up and down a couple times to save his life and uh, without having to take a rest. And he transformed his health. I mean, I've never seen someone so committed to health. And this guy quit smoking uh Lost like 70 or 80 pounds or something and just was a different looking human being. Gained 10 years of life back, could run effortlessly on the court. Looks like he was, you know, a, a, a freaking young, fit guy in college. And he was so committed to health, eating healthy, leafy greens all day, working out, running, exercising, and just taking care of it, quitting the smoking. And I got an email from him one day that said, Lewis, there was something in a specific episode, I can't remember which one it was, he said that finally clicked with me and finally clicked with me about my health. And I decided to go on this journey. And over the last three months, I lost 70 pounds. Maybe it was three or four months. He lost 70 pounds. And the next time I saw him, I was gone. And the next time I saw him, like a few months after this, he looked like a different human being. And he was a different human being. For me to get that email and know that the person i had on whoever he was listening to was the spark for him to transform his health and his life for me that was a great moment for me to say wow this is really impacting people's lives and it's not just me you know i'm just the facilitator of bringing great ideas and great people to the table for everyone listening but that was a great moment another moment was i was uh, at chris duckers event speaking at tropical think tank in the philippines and a woman came up to me and Opened my heart so big. She said, You know, I heard your episode recently uh, with Chris Lee about how to end toxic relationships. And if you guys heard that one, it was an amazing one. If you haven't heard it yet, go check it out. Toxic business relationships, friendships, family relationships, personal, intimate ones. And she said, For years, I was in an abusive, emotionally abusive, and physically abusive relationship with. I believe it was her husband. Um, If not, if it wasn't, then it was like a very serious boyfriend, but I believe it was her husband. And she said, for years, I was taking the abuse and I couldn't get out of it. I didn't know how to get out of it. And this podcast gave me the tools to finally stand up for myself and claim my self-worth and remove myself from the relationship and leave him. And I've never felt better about myself in my entire life. Thank you for introducing me to that concept. So for me, those are the stories that I love. I love to hear about people who are taking this full on and taking action in their life. Like they're an athlete in a sport and they're making life their sport. So thank you for that question. Uh, We are about 40 minutes in right now. So I'm going to wrap it up there. We have lots of other questions and wow these were these were great ones for me today, so thank you guys for these if i didn't get to your questions this time, stay tuned. I will post another one we'll keep doing these if you guys like me doing these, then tweet me at Lewis Howes and say you enjoyed the q and a on the podcast uh you know share it with your friends over on Twitter and facebook and instagram and and everywhere online Share it with your friends this is lewishouse slash two one six Powerful Q&A to get today, guys. I really appreciate you guys and your thoughtful questions. If I, again, didn't get to your question, uh, hopefully I'll get to it next time. I'm going from top to bottom, trying to reward the people who are at top who ask those questions first. So stay tuned on my Facebook page and on Twitter where I'll be asking them in the future. Uh, also, I'm doing more on Periscope. So make sure to follow me over on Periscope at Lewis House. I'm doing a daily show over there, so check me out. You guys are an incredible audience. I am the luckiest podcast host in the world. No one else has an audience like I do. You guys mean the world to me, and everything I do is to serve you and be of service to you. All the work that I do is thinking about how can I serve all of you, in a powerful way to get to the next level. And I hope you guys enjoy this information. I hope you appreciate the guests that I have on. I hand-select them myself, and I curate them because I want you guys to only have the best at the School of Greatness. Thank you guys so much. Again, make sure to share this out online, Lewishouse.com slash 216 to get all the show notes and links we talked about from this episode. Share with your friends. Pre-order a copy today. The School of Greatness book is coming very soon. Go grab a copy. Support the podcast. Support the book. It means the world to me. And make sure if you ever see me in person, if you ever see me, run up to me, give me a high five, and hug me and tell me what episode you enjoyed the most on the School of Greatness podcast. I love you guys. You are the best ever. Thank you. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Gun.